Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III. And today is going to be a new segment for the podcast. I'm going to try out, and the goal in this is to be interactive, especially if you're watching on YouTube, which I recommend you go to YouTube, search RJ Bates III, and subscribe to the channel. What I would like for everybody to do is, as you're listening to this, I'm going to throw out scenarios of real deals that we've either done or are currently working on. And I'm going to throw out the scenario and the the problem that the seller or what's come up throughout the pr process of us purchasing the property. And I want you to interact and say, this is what you would do if you encountered this problem in a certain deal. Okay. And so I'm going to throw out three examples today of real life scenarios. And again, I want you to be as interactive as possible. So if you're on YouTube, make sure you comment below and describe how you would handle the situation. So scenario number one, what would you do? We have a motivated seller that came through us through a pay-per-click lead in Vermont. Seller filled out the web form, gave us an asking price, told us about the condition of the property. We ran numbers on it was basically right in line to where we wanted to be. This looks like it could be a potential fifteen dollars to $20,000 uh, wholesale fee if we decide to wholesale it. Could be a good buy and hold, and it could also be a good flip. So there are three different options for us on the exit strategy, which is ideal for us. That's, that's an excellent lead. Uh, we've communicated with the seller. Uh, the seller asked us to send a contract. We sent the contract to the seller. And then at that point in time, the seller said, hey, I'm going to review the, the contract on this day. Seller does that. We sent the contract through DocuSign. DocuSign does a great job of letting you know when someone views the contract. She viewed the contract. She did not sign the contract. So within a certain amount of time period that we gave her to review the contract, we then followed up with her. She didn't answer. So then we sent a text message. And she responded back with, uh, I think I'm going to hold off on selling right now. I really want to move out of Vermont. I don't want to be here for another winter, but I would like to move to Florida. But after reviewing the market and the prices of the houses in Florida, I don't think I'm going to be able to sell my house here in Vermont and move to Florida. So at this time, I'm going to have to pass on selling my house. Can I save your contact information for in the future when I do think I can afford a house in Florida? So my question to you is, what would you do in that scenario? Okay. The second scenario. This is a lead in Alabama that came to us through batch leads, which you always see down there at the bottom, half off your first month of batch leads using promo code TITANIUM. It's where the majority of our deals come from. Uh, this is a list that we pulled inside batch leads. We skip trace through batch, batch skip tracing. 
and then we sent out a batch SMS to them. Uh, they communicated back. They want to sell the house. Um, I believe they wanted 40, 47,000 for the property. Okay. Um, we made them an offer of 40,000. Okay. And then the seller kind of just went dark on us. No answer one way or another. We've continually followed up through SMS calls um emails because we got their email address through the skip tracing everything that you could think of trying to get a hold of them and eventually the seller answered the phone and said hey look here's the situation i've got an offer higher than yours i've got an offer of forty-five thousand, uh, but they don't want to let my tenants stay the tenants when i let them lease the house they fell in love with this property this is their home they actually wanted to buy the property from me, but they have not fixed their credit score to get high enough to actually purchase the property and get a mortgage. So right now I'm really torn between your offer and, and the higher offer because we had told them that we would allow the tenants to stay in the property, okay? So at that point in time, he the seller is essentially saying to us, I don't know what to do. I don't know to sell to you or to the higher offer because, hey, the higher offer is $5,000 more in my pocket and I really need the money. But I also have a heart and, and I really care about my tenants, so I don't know what to do. So my question to you is, what would you do in that scenario? Okay, the third and final scenario that I want to ask you what would you do is last week, on Batch TV, I went live in Louisville, Kentucky, okay? So in Louisville, Kentucky, what I did was is I pulled a, a little bit of a different um, list than what we would normally hit, and it was for a specific buy box of, of tenant-occupied properties is what I was going for. I wanted to talk to the landlords, and, and what came from this was a recently uh, vacant property. So the tenant had just moved out and the seller was willing to sell on a discount, but not as, not as deep as we would normally want. Right. Uh, didn't really give me a whole lot of information in regards to the condition of the property. But what I could see from Google street was the property looked like it was in really good condition. She was an elderly lady. Um, she would not get on the phone with me. She only wanted to talk through text and she would not wiggle on her price at all. So essentially, with our goal being to wholesale this deal in Louisville, Kentucky, and she not selling at the normal acquisitions discount that we're looking for, but it looking to be like a really good property and not being willing to give me a whole lot of information what would you do with that lead? How do you handle the scenario of, of either locking up the property or, or moving on from it? How would you handle that, that situation? What would you do? Okay, so now I want to circle back around to our first scenario with the Vermont seller. Doesn't want to spend another winter in Vermont. Wants to move down to Florida. She's walking away. Like she's done. She's not going to sign the contract. 
She's already mentally decided, I can't do this. I'm out. So what did I do? I immediately reached out to her and I said through text message, because she didn't want to talk on the phone, but I said, we can find you a house in Florida. I immediately solved her problem. Okay. I then told her, I don't buy houses. I solve people's problems. You want to sell your house in Vermont. That's problem number one. This is literally what I text her. I said, I can solve that problem. I can buy that house in Vermont. Now, I don't know where you want to move in Florida. You just said the state. So I don't know what city yet. But whatever your budget is, I may be able to find a discounted property there to sell to you. Or if I can't, I will find someone in that market that either is a realtor or another wholesaler that can find you a property that you can move to. She then said, I'm also concerned about the move. We can help you with that too. If you need help finding movers to move from Vermont all the way down to Florida, we can help you with that as well. And she said, wow, that's exactly what I needed. I needed somebody to help me in this situation. I'm a single mom and I didn't know how to handle this. I'm, a, I'm just overwhelmed in this scenario. If we could take a couple of months to just figure out where I'm going to move and how I'm going to do that and, and how I would move all my items, I would love to continue this conversation. That's how I handled that situation. In the second scenario, the Alabama seller who has tenants in place, he's, he's conflicted, right? He has a higher offer, but they're going to kick the tenants out. And then he has my offer that's lower, but I said the tenants could stay. Once I understood his issue, I said, I might be able to pay you more. But what I really want to know is, is if these tenants really want to buy this property, could they put a down payment down on the property and then I sell or finance the property to them? The original intentions on this property was to wholesale it. But now I see an opportunity for us to make a lot more money passive income on top of that by seller financing this to them. So could we go to a private money lender and say, originally our offer was 40,000. The higher offer was 45,000. So I said, if I could offer you 43,000, that gets you a little bit more money in your pocket. And if the sellers could give me, let's say somewhere in the range of three to $5,000 down, and I could lower their payment from $800 a month to say $700 to $750 a month on a 20-year term, would they be interested in that? He said, not only would they be interested in that, RJ, they would want to hug and kiss you. So in this scenario, we are now going to immediately, when we take that property down, be able to sell or finance it somewhere in the range of seventy-five dollars to $80,000. So we're immediately creating a spread of thirty-five to almost $40,000 in equity right there on a note that we're going to be able to create and then have passive income for the next 20 years. We turned what was probably going to be a pretty marginal assignment fee into long-term passive income. The third example, the Kentucky wholesale deal where 
The seller said, this is my price. I'm not going to talk about condition. I'm not going to answer the phone. This is what I need. And it was essentially higher than what we thought we needed to buy at. This is where at times you don't have to have all of the answers. There are other people out there that are smarter than you. And at times they're, they're willing to be the solution for you. So instead of sitting there and trying to figure this out myself, what I did was, is I looked into my network of people that I know. Who do I know in Louisville, Kentucky, that is just a badass? Who's the person that I could call and say, hey, what do you think about this deal? And in this scenario, I called Bo Hollis and I said, hey, Bo, I got this deal right here. It seems like the numbers are a little bit tight. What do you think? What can we do with this one? And he said, I have the perfect hedge fund buyer for that, RJ. We can assign that right now for $20,000. So because I, I set my pride aside, and my ego aside, and instead of trying to be the smartest guy at all times and trying to solve everything myself by leaning on someone else that's smarter in that specific market, and what I was looking at saying, I don't even know if we'll be able to make $5,000 on this. Instead, I'm going to be able to make $10,000 on that and essentially make a $20,000 wholesale fee. And I'm bringing a deal to my buddy. And now we're going to be able to, to collect money together, break bread, and, and do business together. There's nothing more exciting than that. So my ability to be able to lean on my network allowed us to move a deal in a market that's relatively unknown to us. So that's how we handled that situation. So that's what I've got for you today, guys. Let me know in the comments what you thought about this, laying out the scenarios to you guys. Hopefully you guys were engaged, interactive within the comments. Let me know how you would have handled those situations. Let me know if you don't like the way I handled them or if you love the way I handled them. I love hearing other people's opinions about these situations because the way I handled these is not the only way they could have been handled. They just happen to be the solutions that I went with. So I'd love to hear your guys' ideas, and maybe it's something we'll use in the future. Maybe it's something we'll even use in another What Would You Do episode. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Again, remember, if you're listening on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault.